So welcome all of you to the last session of Traversing Attachment. Now, before we start the session, so warm greetings to you all. Uh, now, Transforming Attachment is the subject of the final session of this workshop. So clearly we have to work on ourselves if attachment is to be truly addressed. But what must we do if attachment is to actually be transformed? What are the requirements of this process? Does it, uh, for instance, necessitate abolishing the ego altogether? What will the state of our consciousness be? Do we have to realize the psychic being in order to transform attachment? All these sort of questions. And lastly, what is the consequence of the transformation of attachments, these and other matters will, I'm sure, be dealt with by Dr. Alok Pandey this evening. And uh, Dr. Alok Pandey is a medical doctor who specializes in psychiatry, used to serve in the Indian Air Force or settling at the ashram here in Pondicherry. He's a founder editor of NAMA, the Journal of Integral Health, and chief editor of All India Magazine, a monthly compilation published by the Chirpindo Society. He's authored three books, including Death, Dying and Beyond, and contributes to many workshops, both live and online, many, many online sessions as well. So very much looking forward to the session. And over to you, Dr. Ralph. Namaste. Basically, when I chose the subject transforming attachment, uh, a scene had flashed into my mind, honestly, uh, which was somewhere in 1985 and uh, I had come to Pondicherry along with Kavita, my wife, and um, that point of time, I was asking this question to myself that uh, why in spiritual life we have to, we are asked to uh, be detached, why we have to cut off the ties. That's how I had understood. Because uh, this used to be a perpetual uh, struggle within me, a struggle of thought that if ultimately we have to cut off all ties and be one with the divine, then what is the whole purpose of creation? So this seemed like a paradox uh, until, of course, I read Shurabindo and many of these things became clear. But in practice, what did it mean? Did it mean that with my family members, with those whom I love, I should cut myself off and uh, lead a life of a recluse or uh, become indifferent, have nothing to do with them? This used to be the dilemma, this 85. The dilemma was there for quite some time. And from all the lives of the great saints, I had uh, heard read and um, of course in the life of Sri Krishna, in the life of Arjun, in the life of of course Shirobindra and the mother. Uh, I mean none of them actually uh, left uh, people who were around them and cut themselves off and shut themselves to a, into a corner of the world. So there was something which was not clear and at that point of time the, uh, the aspiration I remember must have been a psychic moment very clearly. I remember was, uh, why can't these bonds, natural bonds of attachment that we experience in our life, why can't they be transmuted into true spiritual links? This was my question. 
And just then, almost like an answer, I saw Champak Lalji coming. It was in the sports ground, actually. So I don't know uh, how he must have gone there for whatever purpose. And I saw him coming. So I just rushed to meet him because everybody said Champak Lalji, Champak Lalji, and I rushed. And then, of course, um, he didn't say anything. I didn't tell him anything about this question. But I know he was extremely intuitive. Later on, I had this uh, several occasions to be with him almost 20 days in close uh, service of him. And I realized that uh, in a very subtle way, he, he, he was an adept at reading what's going on inside you. And that time this question was uppermost in my mind. So somewhere at some subtle level, the answer was given. And then it was a long journey of uh, trying to uh, you know, transmute attachments. Of course, theoretically, I know the, I knew the uh, great uh, answer of Yagnavalk, which we have spoken of, and Shobindo speaks of that in the senses of yoga. That when Yagnavalk was asked that why does one love the wife, why does one love the country, why does one love the child, and he says, not for the sake of the wife, not for the sake of the child, not for the sake of the country, but for the sake of the self. So, in principle, it was very clear that we are not supposed to cut ourselves off from them. But we have to change the way we connect with them. So, there is a very beautiful Mahavaki in one of Sri writings, the synthesis which we were reading the other day in Renunciation, that uh, uh, attachment is egoism in love. Get rid of attachment and you will have love. Love will come. So, these were the clues which came, but the practice takes a long time. It, it doesn't, in intellectual understanding... Or even when your heart has admitted the idea in principle that, well, this is the path that one has to take. That I don't have, I mean, I don't have to say now, oh, she's not my wife, not my child, I have nothing to do with them. Uh, that's not what is required. <laughs> that's a framework in which this world operates. It doesn't really matter. But what matters is what is the nature of my relationship with her, with the child, with the world around. And this is what I started working upon over years. And Mother's Grace, so many opportunities came. Opportunities, how do they come? Where attachments come, attachments of various kinds. And then I realized over a period of time, I mean, I can only share those discoveries and what I have understood and the, and the process is going on. That one is that attachment, there are two operating systems through which human beings connect with the world. And everywhere, it's not only with human beings, uh, every, everywhere you see the same is reproduced. For instance, there is a way that the baby is uh, attached to the mother in the womb. Now, he's attached and he cannot do without it. Imagine if prematurely you cut off the placenta, the baby will die. So, there is a way in which uh, attachment where the baby is not at all conscious. Um, he is in fact indifferent even to himself. Uh, and yet he is attached, that attachment is needed for his sustenance, for his growth, even for his future. But then when the baby is born, this physical cord is cut and then over a period of time, through a long journey, this nature of attachment begins to change. So initially the mother is uh, just a caregiver, somebody who gives uh, food, nourishment, care, protects, understands. Then as one grows, this uh, changes into a friendship. That's how it is meant to be. Parents should change into friends of the child when children grow to be 15. That's what we had learned. Very nice maxim that up to five, 
you be like a parent who is kind of <laughs> bears everything of the child 5 to 15 you have to discipline the child 15 onwards you are like a friend to the child and 25 onwards the child is free now this freedom of the child where all these bonds have gone does it mean nothing remains no something remains something remains like a tie which is very subtle Uh, and that's what i see i mean as i said this question used to come to me when i used to read the life of let's say in ramayan that when i read the way ram laments for lakshman um, when he is uh, struck by the arrow that what will i go and say to my mother and his mother more importantly what will i say to uh, sumitra that you know your brother your son i had brought him along and he came to take care of me and i couldn't take care of him you know after that famous episode where the shakti has hit him and he is uh, on the verge of death uh, that's the episode of um, hanuman going and fetching um, sanjeevani booty there many or when ram returns back and he meets bharat and there is such a heart rending scene where what really is a filial love love of a brother to a brother so there were many such things uh, having read so much this was a question mark and i understood why this question is there because in our mind detachment translates into the indifference of the sanyasi and since i never wanted uh, sanyas and myself were like uh, diagonally opposite things because it didn't make sense of the world so i used to wonder what really is meant of course the gita speaks about tyaga and not sanyas so over a period of time what i have understood is and practiced is that there are two operating systems with which we connect with the world one is in ignorance the other is in knowledge so what is this operating system in the ignorance in the operating system of the ignorance i the ego dr alok pande regards himself as a separate entity and uh, as long as other things people who are near me they feed my ego with not only with halwa puri but also with nice good words praise oh you are wonderful till that time i am fine with them uh, but the day they criticize me or say things which are not really uh, i don't feel comfortable about then oh you are uh, i start you know uh, cutting them or shunning them away so there is this operating system in ignorance where there is this sense of a separate ego individuality so the master of this operating system is ego and uh, it operates through the link of desire so ego and desire is, are the operating systems in ignorance and this desire itself takes very paradoxical forms uh, the cords with which it ties us to the world is threefold cord that's how the ego operates so the three cords you know in in uh, electricity we have those three uh, one is the positive negative and the neutral i forget the colors uh, i think yellow red and green Uh, whatever it is so there are these three cords with which we are tied to the world in ignorance and these cords are called tamas rajas and sattva and i find this classification wonderful i haven't found a better classification anywhere anyways this is based on a truth profound truth of nature so there is a kind of attachment which we don't even realize is attachment and that attachment is purely tamasic in nature so tamasic attachment is uh, attachment which by habit by custom by tradition by the circumstances of our birth by living in a particular physical environment for a long time you see how we get attached to neighbors there used to be a saying in hindi when we were growing up 
uh, that you know uh, even if uh, a dog is near you lives with you you get attached this is no demeaning the dog they are wonderful creatures i must say many of them are much better than human beings but that apart that the idea was that anybody who is physically near you you get attached why this happens because very subtly invisible links grow i mean i have experienced this in air force we had to change our houses almost every 2 years sometimes one and a half years and you know you get used to your house you get used to everything the furniture everything and even after long back this uh, this uh, came to be like an experience um, you know in bangalore i used to stay in a house and when i was passing through i had an instinctive urge to tell the person this is the place where i used to live and then i realized that what is this this is the place where i used to live how does it matter how what is its relevance and you know these are the things which um, this is how we get attached to places where lived and here we see a wonderful example of shirbindra and the mother when mother was asked about uh, people were trying to buy her house where she had lived in paris uh, nine uh, what was it nine rue i'm forgetting but uh, rue martino anyways it was number 9 so uh, she was asked about that house i know somebody who wanted to pay any amount of money to buy that house but they couldn't buy the house but mother herself said that there is nothing of mine in the house now so people still want to visit that's a different thing that's a kind of faith that they go uh, and there is somebody else who is staying there who is least is bothered or interested in showing you the house you can't really go inside most of the time from outside you can see if you have to spend all the money to go to france to paris to see that house why not come here in pondicherry and see this house i <laughs> this is my <laughs> logic that don't go all the way to paris to see it how the similar things shobindu speaks of about chandanagar so in chandanagar he has been there and at one point in one of his uh, Uh, messages in one of his conversations to a disciple he says but there is nothing of my atmosphere there in chandanagar this was very like you know to me it had hit quite because you know he has uh, uh, been there and lived there and i must say i have travelled so far and wide i have been to baroda where shirbindo has lived i have been to chandanagar but definitely in baroda you can feel his presence much more if apart from pondicherry you you want to feel shirbindo's presence as in shirbindo's room it's baroda so i realized that there is a kind of atmosphere which connects us with the physical environment but it is equally true that you have to preserve it if you i mean those who are taking care and this applies to the ashram and every other place that if you don't keep it well if you don't treat it with a sense of the sacred then that atmosphere okay we have this as an article of faith it's very nice we go there and so uh, nevertheless there are physical forces which tie us to environment and they are very strong in nature they are habits that's how we get attached to the clan the tribe to my family members family attachment is all um, through the physical consciousness and it is tamasic in nature you may be very surprised when somebody wrote to shirbindo that i don't know since the time i have taken to yoga i no more feel attached to my natural family members uh, what's happening with me and shirbindo says it's a good sign it is a release and then he says it's based on physical because simply because people have lived together they grow attached now it's not about right and wrong it should not be seen as right and wrong but as an operating system so this is one wire and it's very very strong very persistent very difficult it's very difficult to change your milieu that's why 
Sometimes, you know, people take great pride that I have never moved out of my village or out of my place. It may not be a matter of pride. It may be a matter of incapacity. So it all depends. So this is the kind of tamasic attachment which in, in thousand ways I could go on and multiplying food habits and everything. It, it's just, you know, uh, people we meet, as the mother says, idea of beauty. So he says, you ask a Negro. Uh, you ask a typical Punjabi and he will say, you know, uh, Gori, uh, Soni. So, so the, the, uh, the, the beauty of a face is based on the complexion. I mean, it's not even based on the form. It's purely on com- complexion. And the only thing that is asked is Gori hai ki Kali hai. So if she is Kali, then it's like, you know, uh, why did you get a dark complexion girl, uh, woman as your wife? And if she is gory, it's all right. If she is, if she is fair, which is so stupid. I mean, stupid to a absurd degree. So mother says that. But if you ask a Negro, Negro will say dark is beautiful. So you see, for everywhere this tamas it touches our thought structures, habit. It touches our heart. It touches. You know, we have a natural. Uh, way the heart tends to connect with those to whom you know the kind of language it, they have spoken and they have grown up with so this this strings of attachment are not as simple as that attached and therefore become detached I mean if life was that simple so first we must understand how deep its roots are physical habits they are so difficult they can be so challenging and I know it having travelled to all the places uh, so many places where entire physical habits change uh, timings change, everything change, and you have to uh, go and probably you know deliver a talk. And sometimes I had strange situations, <laughs> landing up at seven p.m. and talk is at eight p.m. So you know uh, transcontinental, and you don't have time to even <laughs> take a nap. So this is how physical uh, things get badly, at, you know, tied up to you. Food habits. I mean, I could just go on multiplying. Recently, we met someone. I won't say where I had gone. Uh, and you know, I had uh, I was surviving on fries, uh, potato fries. Still, my host asked me that in India you don't get potatoes or what? I said no, because in India we have too much potato, and I love potato, and I just can't have a liking for either pizzas or noodles. I am sorry, this is my weakness, but any Indian food will do. <laughs> it was anyways the last day when I had to come, so they managed to get some rice which was super. So. <laughs> So, but this is a kind of attachment. There are so many physical nature, habits, dresses. You know, we are attached to a particular robe. Even today, uh, you wear a certain kind of robe and people think you are a sannyasi. And uh, you go on a certain kind of dress, let's say half pant and shirt, which we wear in Pondicherry now. Those who come to Pondicherry are pretty used to it. But if you go outside and you want to give a talk on Shurbindo's yoga and you are wearing shorts and shirt, and if it's not a circle... Then people sometimes, because they are expecting that somebody will come wearing a dhoti and all that and they get quite a shock of their life, but later on they get the balance right. So these kind of many, many unconscious bonds are there. And as I said, we could go on. Even the body gets attached to medicines. I have seen children who were brought up with homeopathy and they respond to homeopathy. And there are those who have been brought up with allopathy and they just cannot, you know, 
do without it. So there, there are a whole list of things. Then there is Rajas. Rajas is easier to handle. Rajas is about pleasure and pain. Easily discernible and we can understand this bond is about whatever gives us pleasure, whatever gives us instant joy, gratification in food, in relationship, in people. We are automatically drawn and get attached towards that. Now this is something which anybody on the path of yoga is able to see. As I said, physical attachment, tamas is more difficult. Rajas, success, gratification of the senses, gratification of emotions. We automatically uh, form friendship with those who keep telling us, uh, in Hindi there is a thing, chane ke jhaad par chadana. So you know, who keep telling us, oh you are so good, so wonderful. So this is how the Rajas operating system work. And its big problem is that it invariably leads to disappointment. So why we are asked to leave this attachment? Because they bind us and limit us. They do not allow the free expansion of a being, our body, which becomes so much tied to certain habits. That's why when I look at Sri life in so many ways, I mean, he could remain awake at night and continue to write letters. His first meal would arrive at 9, then 11, then 1, at one point at 4 o'clock, and uh, afternoon, huh? not morning. And he's sitting, he's not saying, oh, it's too late, or giving indirect hints, looking at the watch. So this, what kind of detachment from all physical habits? So we see with the mother's life. So they could completely change this uh, Entire operating system. But we'll come to that later, what it is to be replaced with. So, rajas, which binds us with seeking for pleasure and its backlash pain. So, pain is of course a grace because it uh, automatically detaches us. So, when it detaches us, we look for something better. Unfortunately, rajas this only uh, creates horizontal expansion, not verticals. So, it, we keep on looking for somebody better, something better, but at the same level. So, Rajas is through that um, desire and the fruits and whatever is pleasant, whatever, uh, you know, makes us feel successful, great, furthers our ambition, etc., etc. Then comes the operating system of Sattva. Now, Sattva is like a golden chain. So, not the golden chain of Nalnida, but golden bond. So, it's not difficult to break, but very pleasant. So, it is attachment through duty, responsibility. Now, this is very difficult. You know, Shubhinda speaks about it, that, well, even if you are able to get rid of the attachment because of desires, so yet this sense of duty, that I am responsible for someone, and this used to be the perpetual problem when people came to ashram, they would ask sometimes, what do I do? And because, you know, you owe towards the world a kind of relationship due to duty, and yet when we turn to the divine, we are asked to go beyond it. So what does it mean? That's why people cannot understand Buddha. Because for us, the highest is Buddha should do his duty. Um, why did he leave his wife and kingdom and go in search of, uh, you know, um, he didn't go in search of nirvana incidentally. He was in search of a cure for suffering for mankind. He's moved by love and compassion, not with the spirit of escape. So just because we go in search of nirvana, taking crash courses, shaving our head and, you know, joining one monastery, we don't become a Buddha. Far from it. Buddha is strong and mighty. Buddha tramples over desires. Buddha slays the ego, Mara. Buddha is not uh, distracted or by all these other goals which come on the way. Buddha is a very, very strong, powerful, vital and 
mind but not the followers necessarily because the followers are driven by an urge for escape so buddha found nirvana by the way it was his analysis of why there is suffering he discovered that well there is a way to you know be free from suffering and that he used a term you know which which is wonderful not the way we understand it today but nevertheless sattvic natures are driven by the sense of duty by the sense of what does the shastra say they are bound by the shastra the shastra may be something which is um, a temporary thing the law of the land the rules the proscriptions and prescriptions of a religious scripture they could be anything they but the problem is it doesn't give you the utter freedom of the spirit so there is this very interesting story about swami vivekananda Uh, before he had gone to us he was a free and mighty spirit i mean vast you can't bind him he was the only one in recent time where the ocker robe suited well <laughs> but when he went to us he wore the normal dress it didn't matter to him so somebody complained to shri ramakrishna i have seen him you know he was sitting with Uh, some women and he was sitting and having food in the hotel something like that someone had complained i don't remember the context but shri ramakrishna told him you know what narendra is so pure that even if he goes outside beyond the seas sits with women and has wine and meat he would still remain pure in fact not only remain pure he would purify so there is that other dimension that you know we but sattvic nature find it very difficult to understand it uh, that's why you know some people ask that why is uh, chicken sometimes given in the corner house corner house is incidentally called corner house because it's on the corner so it's one of the ashram uh, um, kitchen meant for uh, children so children when they are growing up some of them are very active so they may need i mean it's not compulsory for all these vegetarian food is not given every day but it's given elsewhere anyways given in the ashram long back so somebody asked me that uh, why uh, why this is given i said so that you can get rid of your attachment to the idea of vegetarianism <laughs> so i mean <laughs> i am a vegetarian i never had tex uh, and i can't eat except by default somebody gave me crab rice but i didn't realize what are these small little pieces and i felt so pukish but uh, that's a different thing altogether i may not eat that's my choice i may have uh, reasons for my choice but equally to be attached this is what swami vivekananda and shubhendu spoke about kitchen spirituality the spirituality of the cooking pot <laughs> and the vessel <laughs> so you see sattvic nature also can bind us with the idea of duty responsibility shastra what is prescribed and prescribed and i have seen people grow so uncomfortable i have seen a monk traveling with me uh, sanyasi uh, he was going to a place where i was going to give talks and he wanted he was going to hear the talks and he was a monk so he was very uncomfortable in the morning i said what's the problem he said i am not able to do my puja i said why he said because i haven't taken a bath now this was a train so i going take a bath in the bathroom he said no the water is not good i said okay wherever the train stops you can <laughs> take a bath go quickly uh, i have seen my grandmother do that you know go and take a bath and then come back he said no no if the train starts i said now you see you make a choice <laughs> do your mantra what is the problem you can't take but he couldn't do he was so uncomfortable so we can be so attached to certain prescriptions and prescriptions that's why we don't understand the utter freedom now once again prescriptions and prescriptions are needed at a point of time 
It's the same thing like saying that the divine is beyond morality. Doesn't mean he is immoral. It doesn't mean any of us can start from that high point and say, well, divine is beyond morality. Nobody kills, nobody is killed. So I can take a sword and brandish it and start killing people. It doesn't mean that at all. But it means that don't limit ourselves. Sattva also limits. So this is how we understand these three wires, the operating systems in ignorance. So what is that other operating system? So Shabinda speaks of the ego must be replaced by the psychic being. First thing, Shiv that fellow is sitting on the computer because he, he doesn't know the new operating system. If you tell the ego, operate according to the spiritual consciousness, he will turn it into religion. If you tell him that, look here, you know, Hanuman is like that, he will think, oh, you have to become a monkey and you will be like Hanuman. But that's not what it is. So first thing is to replace the ego as the head of the uh, operating system and replace it by psychic being. Then only any transmutation is possible. This was, as I said, one of my quests that how can there be true spiritual links. Even I used to pray that, uh, Mother, teach me how to connect with everybody, love everybody, independent of space and time. So that uh, it doesn't matter whether I am... With the person, not with the person, far away from the person, in this point of time, that point of time. And she, she has taught me, I can say that with all kinds of experiences. But this uh, experience of limiting, you see, when you are away, how do you still continue to love? Most of the time, that's how attachment, as mother says, how are men attached uh, in their marriages to women? Because of the small comforts they get, you know. They like to come home, be greeted over a cup of tea. Thankfully, now women are also working. But they become like lord in the house. In the house, they are the boss. So they like to dominate. They like they are attached to dominating, control, possession. All these are ways through which uh, the old system of family works. Uh, all right, it's a good system. I mean, it had its utility. But it's not useful for a spiritual life. It, it can be very damaging. If, if a man wants to take to a spiritual life, if he continues to continue with the same kind of attachment that uh, he gives a nice talk on detachment and comes home and says why haven't you cooked uh, uh, prepared tea for me and why there is uh, more uh, or less salt in the food now of course if he is in a hurry because of work of the mother it's a different thing like we have the story of Sri Ramakrishna going inside and telling Ma Sharda why are you she was making crap pakodas so, make them fast because people are waiting. I have to go and talk to them. Now, that's a different story. It's not like I want to take the rasa pakoda and I have come like a lot. So, again, it's something inner which matters. You know, there is the story of someone, Naga Sanyasi, who came to Delhi Ashram to give a talk. And he was not wearing any dress. Thankfully, in India, we don't have laws which can, you know... Uh, punish you for exhibitionism if you are a sannyasi you are allowed so anyways uh, so they had to keep one um, one one leaf below his feet so that he steps on one then the disciple will place before the other then he'll step on the other like that he came and then he gave a talk on detachment so our Taradi's father Surendra Johar you know he had a wonderful sense of humor he said baki sab to theek hai all else is okay but you seem to be very attached to your detachment so you know <laughs> even detachment can become a thing to which we get attached i have seen this you know people who who won't eat food unless they are served in a you know uh, pata you know they get that 
plasticity is completely missing. So uh, it creates another kind of rigidity. Uh, so that's not what detachment is meant for, nor it is meant to show off to others. So it has to be transmuted. So first thing to transmute is the psychic being. Without the psychic being, there is no way any of this can happen. This I can say with complete experience. If we continue to remain in the ego, there is no way we can get rid of attachments and desire. They will just change forms. <laughs> this is a very nice bhajan in one of the saints says, Maya Badi Thagani. It has a thousand ways of deceiving us. And as I said, it can deceive us by making us believe that we are super detached. So, hundred ways of dece- deceiving us. So, this is the first thing is to replace the ego with the psychic being. The second thing is what about desire? What happens to desire? Replace it with the divine will. Desire is a distortion of the divine will. So, what desire does? Will. Will is the core motive. As Shubindu says, thought is the guide, but will is the leader. Very few people understand this. Thought can guide us. Thought can stretch and say, oh, super mind. Wow, this is so wonderful. Give a talk on the three layers of super mind and over mind and intuitive mind and revelatory mind. Isn't it? But when it comes to real life, what fails is will. Will is not sincere. So will, insincerity and sincerity are a question of will. So that's why in Vedas, you have very interesting thing about Indra and Agni. Their relation is very fantastic. So Indra is the ultimate God. He's the God of Gods in the Vedas, not the later Puranic Gods. Even there he is seated there, but there are other trinity and others who come. So he is the God of Gods. But who is the leader? It is Agni. So Indra is the divine mind. He is there as the God of Gods. He will intercede. He will tell us. He has to find out where that you know problem is. But the leader is Agni. And in between is Vayu. So Vayu is that entire world where there is expansion of consciousness and everything. But the leader is uh, Agni because Agni is the seer will, seated, the will within us. So the relationship will also change into not attachment but impulsion by the divine will in us. They cannot just be, uh, you know, born out of desire for this pleasure. It may start like that because human beings live in ignorance. It may start like that. But that has to go. And it should be replaced by the clarity of the divine will. And, of course, love. As I said, Shobindo says very beautifully, remove attachment um, and you will find love. Why? Because attachment is born of the ego, show me those words. So when we remove attachment, so that means we do not covet or anything or anyone and we do not link with them for personal gains and benefits. So this is the second discovery or third discovery that no more we link with anything or do anything because of personal profit. This one of the things she says in psychic education that take pleasure in all you do but do not do anything for the sake of pleasure. So whatever may be the work given, the work may be sweeping the floor or the work may be conducting battle. But again, there can be attachment to sweeping the floor. Recently somebody was telling me that, you know, the Sikh community, they have mastered the seva. Now they are great people, that's a different thing. Why? Because, you know, they do jutoki seva. They go to a Gurudwara and, you know, a big Sikh person, he will... He takes great pride, mind you, great pride in doing the seva of juta. Means people come and open their shoes and he takes care of them and 
uh, gives money. I said, look here, I mean, that's fine. Nothing wrong if you do that. But it's a community which is meant to safeguard, uh, you know, it's a martial community. Its purpose is to defend, become the champion of the right. Fight for what is true, what is beautiful, what is divine, for the divine will in the world. Now, Arjun did not do Jutaki Seva, but Arjun did a much, much greater service. So, one can be even attached to these external forms because it's a great thing. I, I remember all these things growing up in childhood that you, I remember somebody pointing out, you know that man, who is he? So, I couldn't care less till date, I don't really care who is what. Uh, my who's who is only mother and Shurbindo and of course whoever is connected but even earlier it was what is there in a name and your designation but, you know he is a very big man and big man meant you know yes he is a gen- general in the army or a big but you see what he is doing so I used to wonder but he is taking so much pride ultimately it is the same thing so this idea is not about this or that work do the work which you are impelled if that is given to you by all means for Shabri that is the yoga. But for Arjun, for Lakshman, yoga is different. So this must be impelled by the Swadharma. That's what Sri says. If you don't want it to be attached, you must feel for your Swadharma. Swadharma is the impulsion of the divine will in us. Swabhava and Swadharma. Based on that, do the action. But without any desire for fruit. Now this is something which one has to thoroughly, thoroughly remove from nature. Any emotional relationship. Should never be to feed your own emotions. My hunger. See, the person doesn't love me. So as the mother says, you know, this is the ordinary consciousness. Oh, I will love you if you love me. And if you don't love me, why should I love you? Now, <laughs> this is the way. Then she makes a whole hierarchy of love. She says, first stage is that I love you if you love me. The second stage is uh, I love you. But I expect love in return. The third stage is whether I, where I love you, but I need acknowledgement. You must at least tell me that you know you love me so nice. Thank you card messages. Now, <laughs> when none of this is there, do you still love? Well, she says you should love just as you breathe, because it's the nature of the divine to love, love all beings. But here again, she says very you know, one this also should not be done with this sense of attachment or pride, but this love should flow. Now you are not expecting anything in return, not even acknowledgement. And yet this love should continue flowing from within. And she's, then of course the natural question is, Ma, this is okay, but who will uh, fill my container? <laughs> ego is always like a beggar, you know, because ego is limited. So it always carries a container and it goes to one place for dole. If it doesn't get from there, it goes here. But very often it goes to both. Because something it will get from here, something it will get from there. So that's not how one should, uh, can operate. So she says, for your love and expectation, you will turn only to the divine. So the second clue is that turn to the divine for everything. That's why there is this wonderful flower, attachment to the divine, attachment to the divine, the perfect detachment from everything. Because once you start getting the rasa of that joy, and I... When I share this with people, people find it very difficult to understand. I said, you know what? Once you have tasted the divine love, actually you cannot really enjoy any other form of love. While it is okay, till you have tasted other forms of love, whatever little. But once you have tasted, even the best, highest human love will pale in front of it. 
so to turn toward the divine for receiving all love but when it comes to giving she says be like a flower give it to those who are not that you start catching people and finding people and giving start with those who are around you in your life those around but without any expectation or attachment to the fruit so to be impelled by the divine will to be impelled by the divine love to be impelled by the divine light by the divine service we should go out in the world and be connected with everything and everyone as an act of love not as an act of attachment and the proof lies within that attachment is invariably brings the expectation from the other person invariably it hides its selfishness with a nice neat cover and when that is not fulfilled satisfied still if one can love shubindu goes one notch higher many notches higher in one of his poem very says he who returns uh loves for return of love uh, is like a shopman's heart he who takes and gives the kiss even if there is no love from the other side or nothing from other side even even where there is hate that is truly a love so but that is a very high state which uh, many of us may find difficult but at least to turn to the divine for all your fulfilling your filling your containers and then again attachment to the physical environment that must change so there must come in the nature plasticity widening and equanimity so first is to change the operating system from ego to the psychic being desire to the will will must be surrendered to the divine will and the divine will must impel everything including human relationship and even in human relationships he says something very beautiful the true the good the beautiful it's it doesn't mean in a human relationship when you love you do all kinds of nonsense you do what is adharma that's not love that's martyrdom so dharma is also always to be there you can't uh, allow anything nothing can be greater than what is dharma nothing can be greater than the divine will so that's how one has to organize that's why we see in shri with shri krishna that he eventually gives every chance but when the kauravas cannot take the chance ultimately they have to go because nothing can go greater than the divine will in creation that is what we see that balram didn't understand so balram charges shri krishna with the uh, uh, he he indicts him with the charge of partiality he says well you have been partial to kunti because she is your bua but uh, you forget that they are also your cousins and relatives so that's why i have stayed neutral why because both are relatives why should i intercede in a fratricidal war this is his logic but shri krishna's logic is is not about this relative or that relative it's a question of dharma it's a question of the divine impulsion which wants to create an aryavarta out of all this uh, you know melee of small little kingdoms so the, so the whole thing changes from desire to divine will which which implies getting rid of all preferences opinions these are such subtle preferences i have seen this that even the form the complexion the language all this creates subtle biases and we automatically are tend to incline towards certain kind of people one has to detect it with a spiritual fire and discard it so all these uh, things come into play then attachment to opinions fixed ways of life now it takes time to understand that every opinion has its contrary side and that's why shubindu says when you have knowledge the sign is 
that you discovered that whatever you are saying, its opposite is also true. For instance, you stand for democracy, all right. Its opposite, dictatorship has its own truth. And in divine, they are combined beautifully. See divine, how they are combined? He is the greatest democrat. Sometimes you wish he were not so. He gives us all the freedom, even to hang ourselves. But he is the greatest dictator. Why? Because mother has used the word benevolent dictator. Let me correct that. So why? Because whatever way you may do, ultimately it is his will which will prevail. <laughs> so he is pushing everybody subtly, gently from behind, from here and there until finally there is the fulfillment of the divine will. So this is how, uh, you know, that impulsion in things, the will in things and uh, the true things and attachment to opinions, ways of life, one-sided understanding, all these come in the way of truly uh, detaching ourselves and gaining knowledge. Because if we are attached to one-sided view of things, we can never really arrive at true knowledge. So the process is to, it doesn't mean that I say I don't care what is happening. Why? Because I am not attached. So whether it's India or China, what does it matter? That's not how it is to be understood. It means I am detaching myself from these opinions so that I can know that impulsion of truth at this point of time. Because truth is not a fixed formula. Truth manifested itself in the land of Arabia. How many? 2000 years back? Maybe, I don't know. 680, yeah, nearly 2000 years back, a little less than that, in the form of a prophet who gave some wonderful teachings. But that same thing today, in today's context, has turned to evil. So we have to understand that, you know, truth in manifestation has its own unfolding and one needs to understand its impulsion. So there were things which were valid in any, any culture, any religion, any ideology at a point of time. But they become invalid at another point of time. But if we get attached fiercely to a way of life, which may have been valid at some point of time, let's say Parda in Rajasthan for instance, or Burka, uh, whatever it be. So then there was a point of time when people were barbarians. And it was required that, look, you know, women, one of the ways they could ensure safety was that, you know, cover your face. But if we do it today, then we are actually... Uh, you know, engaging into falsehood. So, one has to understand the value of each opinion, know its relative place and go beyond all opinions. One should know that every idea, its opposite is equally true. Then one, even the idea of divine and undivine, the last reconciliation, because a divine and un undivine is required for action. But ultimately, there is nothing fundamentally undivine. It has its place and still has its place when consciousness is crude, you require those elements. So this is how one begins to get freed from attachment in the mind, which is attachment to opinions, ideas, viewpoints, angles of thought, attachment to the heart where we are basically attached because of pleasure that we derive from people. Often when people die or they pass away, I have this issue when people come, uh, they are attached, so I, um, they think love. So I have to tell them, see, if you really love, you will set them free. You are tormenting them by your attachment. It's not helping. So it's very clearly egoistic. And people go into depression. It's an egoistic. Because that person has gone, you are missing. You are missing. He is not missing. In fact, he is in freedom. So someone asked me that, what if the person is in this world or that world? I said, if you go and ask that person in that world, he will say, I am no more you, I am not your papa. Who told you I am your father? 
I don't recognize you. That's the story of Puranjan in uh, in the Bhagavad Puran. He won't recognize you anymore because uh, he has gone into another world. And well, while he is here, love him, care for him. But when we are attached, that means we are trying to somehow prolong even. Sometimes people prolong the misery of those whom they claim to love. Why? Because they want the person near them. Such uh, gross things happen simply because of attachment. And sometimes you have to tell them to just let go. Let him go. I have seen instances, many instances, where you have to just tell the relatives that let him go. Release your heartstrings. This is not helping him, not helping you. If you really love him, let him have a new life, a fresh life. We in India at least would believe in rebirth. And then, as I said, attachment to the physical consciousness and its habits, ways of life. One of the simplest ways for this is to travel. In olden times, there used to be Deshatan, which was a very good thing for young children, that go and look into the world, look around the world. It brings wideness. It changes us, that mode by which we think that one way of life is the only way of life. When you look at people, when you look that they dress differently, they speak differently, yet within them, uh, the concerns are the same. They are the same human lot. I mean, recently when I went to Spain, the mothers were the same. My children, they are wearing those, you know, faded jeans and toned jeans, all because of the Americans. So I said, you know, I could well say that you are a typical Indian mother. And then she said, you see, nowadays they are all the time on WhatsApp. I said, am I hearing an Indian? This is the same concern. You go to America, same concern people have. So if you go behind that appearances, you see this is the same humanity. It takes uh, only a different uh, outer because of the situation and circumstances. But at the heart, it's the same humanity. So this brings you a sense of wideness, sense of unity with others. Still a unity in ignorance, but that is better than division. The deeper unity comes only when we discover the universal self and join with it. And we know that the self within me, the true self, is the same self who is in all beings. So this is a very broad uh, overview that all these links, basically the operating system must change and attachment should be transformed into love. Attachment to ideas and opinions should be transformed into knowledge. Not only knowledge in its essence, which is what Vedanta is about, but knowledge in its unfolding, manifestation, which, which is what Dharma is about. And attachment to physical habits should change into wideness and plasticity. And of course, uh, equanimity, uh, nishkam karma, getting rid of desires uh, are some of the core practices of this process. And if we don't do it with the will to leave this world, then it's a different thing. But if we do it so that we can become instrument and channels of the divine, though we should not be attached even to that, that I want to become an instrument of the divine. The ego comes in this way. But with this will that may I be useful for your purpose. If you feel that I have any purpose or good for something, mother, use me. Then this transformation is required. Then we will see that our relation with the world changes into a beautiful psychic spiritual links. And they are very different because many people with whom we are attached when in ignorance will drop off. On the contrary, many people whom we normally when the Ignorant operating system is there. We would not even bother to go and meet and talk to them. We will suddenly find ourselves growing closer. It's not that we'll, they will be blurring of distinction. Equality doesn't mean that. So Sri Krishna makes a choice. He tells Arjun, you are dear to me. Why Arjun is dear to him? 
not because he has every day offered flowers. He has treated him like a friend. But he says, you are dear to me because for lives we have fought together the battle of the ages. So Arjun is dear to him because in his soul, he sees that Arjun has come only for fulfilling the divine will in the world. So why is Arjun dear? And that's why it's so difficult to understand. Detachment is not blurring of distinction. That's why uh, Wali asks on the deathbed to Ram, May very Sugriv Piyara. How come? You are supposed to be guardian of dharma. And where is your equality? When you claim Sugriv to be your friend and dear to you, and you have killed me hiding from behind, what is this equality? And then Ram explains to him the subtle nature of dharma. So dharma, so basically the links of truth, which have nothing to do with our usual links formed by desires, attachment, physical associations, social and moral and religious conventions, links of truth. And that is going to be the future of humanity. At least it has started, the process started in some. And with unfolding of time, it will automatically happen. The shift from the surface to the depth, from the ego to the psychic being, from the limited human consciousness to the vast, limitless, infinite, eternal. Namaste. Thank you very much, Dr. Lok. Yeah. So often, uh, Dr. Lok, attachment sort of masquerades as love, doesn't it? Um, and it's, there, there, there can be quite subtle distinctions between the two sometimes, yeah? And, uh, just dis- dis- distinguishing between the two sometimes is quite difficult. Yes. Mas- I'm just, what I'm saying, attachment ma- masquerades. Yeah. Masquerades. Just, uh, Vivek, can you repeat so the question? Often. No. Mask so the distinction between oh um, yeah. yeah 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 plenty of ways that's why I said that if we are living in the ego we can be almost sure that's why the first step is touch the core yeah if we try to get rid of things here and there it doesn't work so mother has said this analogy that don't try to clean the stains one by one change the sheet so it will mask itself invariably there will be very beautiful justification that people would often say to mother mother I know that you know uh, love can be you know all this uh, uh, you know uh, all that we call in the name of love but my love is spiritual and divine so people used to say this and she would say you know it, it is something which it's only over a period of time you may discover that well what I called as love was not love so unless one has grown deeper and mature into spiritual life that's why the role of the master I'll give an example here uh, there were people who asked mother that mother when uh, um, someone told me directly that uh, two, two um, real anecdotes I'll tell you So one was a lady asked the mother that, Mother, I am feeling for this person. What should I do? So mother says, when you feel love, don't crush it, refine it, purify it. Now, this this was independent of the person because logically one would not, one would say that, you know, uh, stay away from etc, etc. Uh, Another lady told me something very interesting because uh, she loved a person and uh, this person was already... Um, having a friend or somebody and the mother said no no you must continue to love because your love is psychic in nature now this was very strange mother could say that 
But in the third instance, it was something very strange. And I wouldn't take the name because they are, you know, legions in, 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 uh, uh, the, in the yoga. So, uh, this person uh, was with someone who wanted to marry him. And it was understood that they are like husband and wife, but they came here. They loved each other. Both loved each other. But there was another lady who used to love this man. And she went and asked the mother, Mother, I want to marry him. And mother said, yes. Now you see the situation. Now A and B love each other beautifully. And C suddenly enters the scene and asks mother, I want to marry A. And mother says, yes. Now uh, A accepted this as a gift of grace. And all their life, though A and C got married, C could never be happy because all the time it was jealousy and jealousy and jealousy because she felt always insecure. So I understood that this was her way of training her consciousness. You want to understand that you think by marrying you are going to get someone? Look here, this is the result. And A and B continued to love which was regardless of, you know, and uh, in fact B took care of this person all through the life. So you see, going beyond the frames, something deeper, so the ways of the divine, but it can mask in so many ways that, well, my love is simplest ways that, well, this is what is given to me right now. Let me make it as pure and refined as possible. This is given to us so that there is no justification. The moment the mind enters into a justification mode, there is a problem. Oh, he or she is my spiritual mate. Similarly with the mind and its viewpoints. There again if the mind gives a justification. Mother said so. Shurabindu said so. We should be very very careful. What do we know? What mother said in a certain context. People often quote to justify their viewpoint. So mother is not a fixed dogma. Mother is infinite. She may say one thing today. Someone asked mother. Mother why did you change your opinions? She said because I have no opinions. I see the totality of things at a given point of time and if next moment it changes, I will change. So it was not based on any fixed formal external thing. So again we have this in Savitri where you know people wanted to change and she said, Morons um, and you know you want to change what Shurabindo has written. How do you not know that the Lord wanted it like that? But Another time when the person went and she saw the consciousness was good, beautiful. It was moved by something true. And she said, okay, go ahead. So, but we fix the divine in a frame. We should never fix truth in any frame. And the moment we do it, define it, fix it for all time, then we are done with it. We have lost it. And that is the problem with all formal religions and institutionalized religions because truth escapes them. You cannot fix the divine in any frame. He is by nature infinite. So this is the second part with regard to opinions. And it can come in this garb. Physical things. There are people who say, well, this suits me very well. Now, you know, mother says that it's the same old nature. And it takes these kind of excuses. Say that you like to eat this kind of food. At least you are honest. This suits me. If I take that other kind, I have heard people, if I take dining room food, no, my stomach gets upset. You don't have to say that. You simply say, I like to have the normal food. There is honesty in it. And nothing wrong. Divine is not going to punish us. <laughs> he is not going to consider us as inferior because, you know, we didn't have dining room food. 
and nor should we take dining room food simply out of you know with that thought in mind as a rigid dogma and then you know uh, craving for all kinds of thing because the root of desire is craving attachment is about craving if we crave for something if something is not there someone is not there we start feeling restless and crave for that someone or something that is the sign that there is attachment if there is no craving for this way of life or that way of life whatever comes we receive it if tomorrow we have to live and lie down on the floor we accept it but if equally there is a nice arrangement of you know what is called as whatever i don't know so <laughs> that that's that's also acceptable it's fine one should not be uncomfortable and say no no i can't sleep on this i need to still make bring my mat and i'll sleep on the floor so all these but it masks itself in the garb of the ascetic shobindo says that that unconsciously we wear the garb which in a particular setting makes us more impressive and this garb is not only about the outer dress the dress of personality the behavior everything so yes it's very subtle very deceptive and it's only great amount of sincerity and the will to progress then you detect it that i want to really really discover the divine and then the fire grows the light grows and one is able to detect all these hidden but if you want to work upon it without the urge to find the divine it doesn't work mind will start playing games thank you this is not anyone else oh yeah check it yes check it yeah. uh, um uh, first of all uh, uh, alok pandey ji thank you very much for this session namaskar namaskar uh, my question is um if i am attached to everything attached to people attached to uh, mother attached to anything and that is that is actually becoming a weakness to me instead of becoming my strength then what is the first course of action that i need to take before i start in this progress wonderful question very practical i must say that if i am attached to people uh, my mother father and everybody what should i do it is becoming a weakness so stay attached but start seeing the divine in them now this is the only shift that is required those who are in your life start seeing in them the divine i know the outer surface nature may not show the divine at all but still go deep within and know that these people have been given to me in my life and they too carry the divine presence within so while i am here to take care of them uh, in whatever way i am to connect with them let me do it with this idea this will start with a thought idea that they too are divine in disguise and if we start doing that and of course with the aspiration to find the divine not to just let it become a static way then we one day the mask is torn and things change also circumstances change but people who are given to us by destiny we can do like that that well um, i will take care i will do what i need to do but with the sense that there is the divine in them but again it should not be for personal gains personal gains profit uh, even satisfaction of emotional hunger uh, that and yoga doesn't go together then one has to wait till life and uh, circumstances teaches but i am assuming that when we take to yoga and we are yet attached uh, there will be people everybody has people around them and uh, uh, whoever is given to us instead of clinging to them for any ulterior motive or overt covert motive 
we should love them and care them with that sense that there is the divine in them and the divine has today come to me in these forms tomorrow it may be some other forms they may be taken away from my life someone else may come it's okay so that that freedom in inwardly one should be free inside yes thank you sir and uh, and thank you uh, james and everyone for letting me be part of this thank you oh you're most welcome jaden it's nice to uh, see you for the first time so does anyone want to ask another question or okay so thank you dr alok thank you thank you so much